With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and let's study God's eternal Word. We're looking this week in the book of Matthew, chapter number 14, verses number 15 down through verse number 21, at one of my favorite stories in the Word of God, the miracle of the little lad who had a little lunch, met a great big Lord, and had a whole lot of leftovers, the little lad with the five loaves, and the two fishes. And I want to deal on the broadcast this week with the subject of God's plan for feeding the hungry multitude. And of course, you know I'm not speaking about some kind of a welfare system or some kind of a soup line, but I'm speaking about the spiritual aspect, feeding the soul, feeding the spirit of man. And I trust the Lord will speak to our heart and you be obedient to God and let God do a work of grace in your life as we open the Word of God together. The Bible said in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse number 15, And when it was evening, his disciples came unto him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained Twelve baskets full, and they that had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. That's reading from Matthew chapter 14, verse number 15, down through verse number 21. One of my favorite stories in the Word of God. And let me say quickly this is not a parable, this is a miracle. And if I call it a parable, then it's just a slip of the tongue. I know better. I do believe in miracles. I believe every miracle in the Word of God. You say, why, preacher? I'm a believer, and believers believe. I believe in the miracle of the creation. I believe in the best way that I could put it in words, somewhere when there was nowhere, sometime when there was no time, God stepped from nothing to nothing and spoke eight times, let there be, And everything that is came into existence by the miraculous power of God's Word. God performed the miracle in the creation. No, I do not believe in evolution. I believe in creation. I'm a believer. And God's Word teaches very plainly, in the beginning, God said, and God said, and God said, and everything that God said came to pass exactly 
as it was spoken by the mouth of our Lord. And then also, I believe, the miracle of the whale swallowing Jonah. I have no problem at all believing that. I remember one time as a young preacher, I was just preaching away on the thought, I believe God. And one of the points was, supposed to be, I believe the whale swallowed Jonah. But I said it backward. And I said, I believe that Jonah swallowed the whale. But I'd finished the preaching. My choir director said to me as we dismissed the service, do you really believe that Jonah swallowed the whale? And then I knew I'd said it wrong. But I went back to the pulpit that night and acknowledged I said it backward. But if the Bible had said that Jonah swallowed the whale, I would have believed that too. I'm a believer. I believe everything this Bible teaches. I believe every miracle in the Word of God. I cannot explain them all. I do not understand all of God's purpose in performing them, but I believe everything that happened miraculously in this Bible happened just like God said it did in the Word of God. And I'm convinced that if it's a miracle, then you cannot explain it. You just simply accept it and thank God He is a miracle working God. Let me say one other thing about that. If God ever could do it, He can still do it today. If God ever shall be able to do it, he's able to do it right now. So our God had no problem taking this little lunch of five loaves and two fishes and feeding the hungry multitude. And I want to deal with that as we go through the days of the broadcast during this week. But let me say to you, first of all, the Lord never performed a miracle without a message. And without a meaning, he never performed a miracle just to prove he could do something or just because someone wanted to see something supernatural. With every miracle, there was a message that our Lord desired to relay to the people that he was addressing. And I don't have time to go into all of those, but I want to look at just this one that is before us. There's two or three things unusual about this miracle. This miracle is the only one, as far as I know, outside of the birth and the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that is recorded in all four books of the gospel. Matthew records it, as I read here. Mark records it. Luke records it. And so does John record it. But it's not until we come to John's gospel that we learn the message of this miracle. After our Lord performs this miracle in John chapter number 6, he turns right around and presents himself as the bread of God from heaven that would feed the hungry soul of man. In fact, our Lord said many times in John chapter number 6 with references to him as being the bread of life, the bread of God from heaven. He said back over in John chapter 6 and in verse number 33, he said, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So our Lord presents himself as the bread of God from heaven. Again, in verse number 48 of John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am that bread of life. He said, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. 
This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. And again in verse 51 he said, I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If a man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And on and on, there are proof verses down through John chapter number 6 that he performs this miracle to relate to them the message that he is the bread of God from heaven. And the breaking of this lunch is a symbol. The breaking of this lunch is a picture of his death. It would take place at Calvary, how he would give himself to feed the need of hungry people around the world. Could I just share three thoughts quickly? Like his death, this lunch was to be shared with all. Like his death, this lunch was sufficient for all. And like his death, this lunch was satisfying to all. So you have a picture of him offering himself as the bread of God from heaven. Also, there's a great truth learned in this passage. When every sinner who will be saved has been saved, then there will be much left over in the grace of God and in the cleansing, saving power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So this message, the primary interpretation of this miracle is that Jesus Christ is God's lunch that is given to God to be broken to satisfy the hunger of man's soul that he may eat of him and never hunger again. This miracle has a secondary application, a great missionary lesson to be learned. That simply is this. Like this lad, each of us, have a lunch. Our lunch is our life, our abilities that God has given us. And if we will do with our life what this lad did with his lunch, then God will take our life. He will bless it. He will break it. He will bestow it upon many, many people and feed those who are spiritually hungry the bread of God from heaven through our lives. Often when I preach from the pulpit on this text, I preach on God wants your lunch. And may I say to you today, as you listen to my voice by the radio, if you're saved, God wants your life. You say, well, preacher, my life does not amount to anything. I'm a nobody going nowhere. Well, if you will give your life to Christ, he will take it Touch it, transform it, and make something out of it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord is not in the business of turning away lunches that are brought and given to him. So as you listen to my voice today, if you are saved, your life is your lunch. God wants your lunch. He wants you to do exactly like the little lad did. Bring it to him. Give it to him. Take your hands off of it. Let him put his hands on it. And he'll do something with your life that you could never do with it of yourself. He will take that life of yours and use it to the glory and honor 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then may I say to you, not only there is a primary interpretation of the Lord giving his life to die on the cross of Calvary, that a hungry world of sinners could be fed the bread of life and live forever. And then there's a message of the mission work. You and I have a lunch, and we can give it to God, and God will bless it and break it and bestow it and feed hungry people through us. But I want to say also, as you listen to my voice today, if you're not saved, you still got something God wants. You say, what is it, preacher? It's your life. You say, well, now, wait a minute, preacher. I am a sinner. What would God do with me? He would do with you the same three things I said about a Christian. He'd take you. He'd touch you. He'd transform you. He'd make you a saved person, a Christian. He would do for you and do with your life what you cannot do with it yourself. No doubt in my mind there will be those who hear my voice today whose life is in shambles. Sin has taken its toll. It's ruined my life. It's broken up my home, my health, and I'm in trouble. Is there any hope for me? I want to say to you, pick up the broken pieces, bring your lunch as it is, and give it to the Lord Jesus Christ and watch him make something out of it for his glory. Father, take the message. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me remind you this time once again for our camp meeting here at Faith Baptist Camp at Resaca, Georgia. We always begin on the first Sunday in August. I hope you'll make your plans to come and be with us. Pastor Sammy Allen and the folk of the Concord Baptist Church gives you a special invitation to join us for a great week of camp meeting. We'll have some of the best preaching you'll ever hear anywhere. We'll have old-fashioned singing and worship and praising the Lord. We're located about 70 miles north of Atlanta and about 50 miles south of Chattanooga, just off Interstate 75. Make your plans to come and be with us again. That begins on the first Sunday in August. Let me remind you, I need to hear from you. Address your letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us again each day, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Amen.